Hey guys, it's been a while. Shout out to Aaron Lewis and the rest of the guys from Stained. All of the other guys who aren't Aaron Lewis. Alright, I had the opportunity to sit down with Tobin Warner of Warner Brothers Cultivation. He is a weed nerd amongst weed nerds. And today we kind of sat down and went over his story and we talked about terpenes. (laughs) with uh, someone who had a lot of questions about terpenes, and that is Dave Buttonface's mother. So we got the nice lady from Michigan to come up and talk to us about uh, what her current situation is in Michigan and sort of what's going on there, as well as uh, Tobin answering just a whole bunch of her questions. Now, if you are interested in his flower, well, his flower is available all over the state uh, to include permafrost distributors, uh, permafrost distributors, distribution, one of those, it's one of those two things. It's the one that Chase Griffith is involved in. That's the one that uh, that has has the flower. Now they also have the cartridges, which are really really cool. And uh, Tobin dropped one off with me, and uh, I got to enjoy it. And really tell you, it was one of the tastiest uh, cartridges and oils I've had. Now the first time I had Royal Gorilla, I it was it was kind of the first flower that I had that I thought to myself, damn, I really want to try this as an oil. And I've gotten to try it as an oil, and I've gotten to try it as a crumble. The crumble is available uh, at Red Run Cannabis Company. The uh, the cartridges are available at Permafrost, and the flower, again, all over the state. Tobin has a really interesting story, and uh, so I decided we should sit down and talk to him. Um, also, Dave's mom had questions. I figured, why not try and combine the two? All right, just... Uh, Want to give uh, give some quick support mentions to 5150 Vapes and our good friend Dave Buttonface and Seth over there. If you stop in and tell them that you listen to the podcast, they will give you some super duper sweet discounts. Also, Iron Asylum, the gym on KB Road. Check them out on Instagram at Iron Asylum AK. You can also check them out on Facebook, and I'm sure they're all over the interwebs. I know they've got a website you can check out. Uh, you can see what they've got. You can check out uh, what they have at the gym. You can check out their equipment. They've got some pretty badass equipment. So if you're into badass equipment, 24-hour access, and uh, a gym stereo that you can really you know dig into. Like, for example, I got to listen to an hour of the Run the Jewels Essentials without anyone interrupting me. I was cranking it loud, loud, in the middle of the gym, 8 o'clock in the morning. Nobody's bothering me. It's perfect. All right. So uh, that being said, Iron Asylum Gym, you can find them on KB Road and uh, actually, again, all over the webs. Also, Mad Creations Tattoos. Check out John Stocks. He does really, really cool work. He's also got a really cool T-shirt out of a robot tattooing a robot. It gets pretty deep around here. All right. Upcoming dates this Friday, May 17th at the Soldotna Regional Sports Center. Victor Rodriguez is taking on John George in the main event. Victor Rodriguez uh, coming back. I would like to say it's been like a long layoff, but it's the first time that he's fought in front of us since May of last year. So it's kind of a, you know, like a one year anniversary of the last time we've seen him but he has been active uh with thursday night fights and uh, as well as um i believe he's had a fight in the afc since then as well he is fighting john george in the main event 
in Metal and Mayhem, which is a return to the cage and a return to MMA with John George, another AFC vet who's a long, rangy guy. It's going to be a really fun fight. If you are into watching two guys duke it out for your entertainment, these are two guys you're going to want to see duke it out. Uh, I've had the opportunity to see both of these guys train, and they're both really young lions, and I cannot say... I mean, I could say more about them if one or two of them were talking about them. Uh, you know, if one or two of them were here, we could we could talk to them about it, and we could probably make that happen before the fight. Anywho, um, it's going to be a really good fight. It's going to be a very exciting fight, and if you are not doing anything on Friday, that is something to do. And if you are interested in tickets to that fight... Those tickets are available at 51.58. All right. There you go. I think that's all the mandatory stuff. But I really kind of want to get back into uh, Tobin and uh, the good work that he's doing. Congratulations on getting the Royal Gorilla all over the state. And uh, big up yourself. Sorry. By the way, also check out Ali G. If you have not checked out any of the Ali G clips that are available on YouTube, you should do that. And you'll thank me for it later. We can have a long conversation about them. All right. Uh, Trap Lord Circuit, thank you very much for your patience with me. You are a beautiful human being. Bless your heart and bless your soul. All right. Take it away. All right. Good day. Good afternoon. Good. Well, whenever it is you are listening to this, thank you very much for listening to this. Today I am joined by an old friend and... Dave's mom. And Dave. And and Dave. Let's not forget Dave. Dave is also here. So, who do we have today? First off, uh, first guest, Mr. Tobin Warner of Warner Brothers Horticulture uh, out of Sterling, Alaska. How are you doing today, sir? Doing pretty good. Just coming in and talking about turps and plants and... And, and all kinds of stuff. Any, any questions you got? To answer all, right. all the good questions that uh, my mother may have. Okay, so let me, let me give you a quick solid shout-out, because... Um, now I was able to, to get a hold of the sample of uh, the Royal Gorilla uh, last uh, well, last last March actually, yep. and um, I gotta tell you, like there weren't a lot of uh, podcasts that were recorded, but I can tell you that, that was probably like one of the most productive uh, thirty day periods that I had. Um, I was in school every day for welding. I was being you know I was very active as a parent. As far as as far as sativas go uh, and sativa hybrids. Uh, that was one that I, I, I really, really enjoyed, and I'm glad that you know you've you've had some some great deal of success with it. Uh, the mid uh, the far north toker podcast, mid toker, uh, gave it a rave review. Um, you know, and you're actually being carried now all around the state. So, congrats from humble beginnings. Yeah, we're, I think we're in over 40 different retails right now, uh, all the way up Fairbanks, Calpitna, all the way down to not Homer yet. We're trying to get in some Uncle herbs and stuff, but just pretty much everywhere around the state, there's a good chance they'll be able to find some Warner Brothers stuff on the shelf. Okay. So how did you get into cultivation? Um, so I was in the oil field. My uncle uh, was doing direct TV. He got injured, and he's mid to late 50s, got hurt, couldn't really do direct TV, climbing ladders and stuff. Had the building that he was doing everything out of around the same time that weed became legal. And he'd grown back in, like, the 70s and stuff. He's actually uh, from Eagle, where, like, uh, Great Line Ganja, Leaf and Art, and that whole family. So then uh, my uncle knew Leaf and Art when they were, like, toddlers, which is kind of cool for the industry that, like, we we have that interaction with each other. But uh, he got hurt. We decided to try and make his building into a facility. 
from there, the vote no on one shut us down for a bit because we weren't willing to invest that kind of money without it being a per more of a for sure thing at the time. It was a blowout vote. Everybody knows that now. But um, And then just started growing from there, getting our system dialed in, getting our automation worked in, and then that's kind of what the seed and start of it was kind of out of necessity for income for my uncle and then for me to get out of the oil field and kind of work for myself. So, so the the vote in 2014 was just it, it, at that point you're like I, I can't work in the oil fields anymore. Or yeah, it, well, it, that was right around the same time they were doing like the layoffs and the price of oil came way down. I actually had to transition from one part of Halliburton to another. Luckily, I had the skill set to be able to work in different parts of that company. But I think the tool department almost doesn't exist anymore for Halliburton on the slope, and that's where I was at in like 2012 and 13, and then in 2014 I transitioned over to um, uh, TCP, actually explosives, blowing stuff up and all that stuff. And then, not that, like, I'm not trying to claim it's unsafe or anything or anything like that, but it's hard work that is going to shorten your life expectancy in the long term. If you do that for your entire career in life, you aren't going to make it past your 60s, pretty good chance. And so, uh, with that, it's just like, okay, well, I want to hang out and grow plants, because... We'd, in 2014, when they legalized, we ordered seeds, did all the other stuff, did our six plants. We grew them really big because you're allowed to only grow six plants. <coughs> um, but then just kind of liked the product that grew off the plants that were a little bit larger. We were in the home grow. I had about 16 square feet per each individual plant, and the commercial were somewhere around 9 to 10 square feet per plant. So big. The standard's like four. Um, but no, it's been uh, just a kind of nice transition out of uh, the oil field into this. We're still kind of getting our legs under us, but if anybody out there has gotten a chance to try Royal Grill or any of our products, we also got a sativa coming out. It's I'm not claiming it's the best smoke in the state or anything, but it is some really, really fantastic product. Okay. Um, so let's talk a, a little bit about that. You've got Critical Jack coming up. Um, so what exactly, so what is Critical Jack? Critical Jack is uh, like, so a... Uh, uh, Royal Grill is more of a indica hybrid. Uh, it's like a 50-50. Ours actually, it's supposed to be more shifted towards the sativa with it. Ours is, it has a little bit, by the terps of it, is a little bit more indica. But with the effects that like uh, you have with it and everything else, it's not as heavy indica as like our Girl Scout cookies or other stuff like that. It's well over 2% on my screen, which uh, penetrates the blood-brain barrier and makes you feel, quote-unquote, stoned which actually gives you that effect, that my screen enhances that effect more so. Um, where Royal Grill is just kind of more of like a relaxing, it's not trying to put you to sleep or anything, that Critical Jack, if you smoked it, you wouldn't be able to go to sleep. It's it's an, it's definitely an upper. Like a go on a hike, go walk your dog, go walk on the beach, anything, it's not sitting on the couch. But it's just a really, like to the next level, we're kind of making a joke of calling it like the Acme Rocket. Okay. Because it's Warner Brothers. Yeah. Well, it's, it's, it's so Royal Gorilla was a was an indica hybrid. I, I didn't have that. I was taking it before I worked out. Like I was. Um, and it's it's not so much as the couch lock as it is is uh, the relaxation of like okay. it, it, for like a long day to I, I call it like a decompressing strain. It's not a couch lock strain, but it's definitely like a decompress to allow you to feel more limber, less achy. Yeah, that's kind of how it works for me. But everybody's body's affected differently by 
flower. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. But it goes then to the concentrate, which um, which I just got my hands on one of the uh, one of the concentrates available at Permafrost. Shout out to uh, Chase and Permafrost. Um, and this, <coughs> it's good. I like it. I enjoy it. I it's um it's a concentrate that that tastes like it came from good wheat. Yeah. And so and uh, the the like terpene profile on the. The concentrates are shifted just because of the different uh, vapor pressures on extraction and stuff. There's a lot less mycerine in the actual uh, concentrate than what's in the flour. But at the same time, I still think Midnight Sun did a really good job as far as the representation of how the flour actually tastes when you smoke it. All right, so let's kind of talk about this, because right now I'm staring at uh, Good Titrations Distillate. I'm staring at uh, one of Red Run's uh, can of cartridges, and I am staring at uh, your Royal Gorilla. Now... Noticing that the um, the good titrations is much more clear. It's that I'm assuming it's because it is a, is a distillate and it goes through the distillation process more frequently. So it, it, sucking it, out everything that isn't THC. Yep, it's just an extra step beyond the process. Whether you started out with BHO, then did distillate, or if you started out with uh, alcohol and then did distillate, you're just an extra step in the refining process. Do you have a personal preference? I, I'm kind of biased towards um, alcohol extraction or winterized DHO. Okay. Did you explain the difference? Uh, so uh, as far as to, to distillate, I think, in my opinion, you're getting farther away from the actual what the flour is. Not that distillate's a bad product in any sense of whatever, but to me, the, the higher THC, the lower terpene content, the less the high lasts, where you'll have like a really intense high for like 20, 30 minutes and it'll fall off. Well, for me, I want it to be more of a something that I can do to relax for a time period. Where yeah. like, where really, usually you got about two hours of like you're fairly relaxed and feel pretty good and whatever for about two hours as opposed to a pen where you're like 45 minutes. Also depends on the pen, the cartridge, everything else. But the the BHO and the alcohol for me, as opposed to like the CO2, I think it's able to pull terps more easily. We like uh, and not saying that CO2 is a bad extraction method. This cartridge is fantastic, but I'm just kind of biased to alcohol and butane, just for the the ease of use and the bulk that you're able to run for the cost of the machine and everything else. I'm kind of a rookie as far as concentrates go. Um, I'm, I'm learning more and more about them, and and I'm really seeing that as kind of the future of where uh, cannabis is going to do uh, go. Because what you're talking about is you're talking about all of the benefits of the flower in a more compact arena. So with the distillate, yeah, you're not going to... I haven't seen a di, like a like a distillate spike with, with a whole bunch of terpenes in it. It's not just... It, I think it's just something you're not going to see. Now, we are joined today, by the way, um, our guest is Dave's mom, who is from Michigan, which is a medicinal state. However, I understand, if I understand correctly, is not a recreational state yet. No, it's not. You have to have a marijuana medical to go into the stores, the dispensaries. How uh, much of a pain in the ass is that to get? You have to go to the doctor, have them tell you that you're, you got to bring all your paperwork to the doctor, and then the doctor gives you that piece, that card, then you can go in there. And then you have to pay to go get on the list and all that. I haven't done it yet. Wait, so you have to pay to get on to an additional? Okay. Yeah. All right, so I'm, tr- so I'm trying to run this through my head. So once you go to the doctor and you get, get your card, now in order to go to the dispensary, you've got to pay an additional fee to get yeah. it to get yeah. into that dis- that yeah. particular dispensary, like it's a club. 
no, the state. You have to pay. Yeah, state. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. That sucks. That yeah. sucks that they have that much. Well, yeah, uh, and I've been in Alaska for 33 years, so I don't have a Michigan ID or nothing yet. So I didn't get to go in any of the Michigan shops. Now, how are the prices? Uh, well, you say you've been in there, but from your experience. They're um, 30 and 60 bucks for the half gram and the grams. But I never come across any of this other wax or all that. Yeah, they've got okay, so I, I've got a very firm belief in in Alaska, and that Alaska makes some like very hard people. Alaska makes people that become very very good at whatever it is that they do because that might be their survival skill uh, in the event of the apocalypse. So some guys and gals become great. Um, Farmers, or they become great hunters, or they become this, or they become that. Um, because you have a lot of time in the winter to practice. The same way that we have awesome uh, jujitsu athletes and, right. and, and fighters that, that come out of here. Uh, I think that is because in the winter it becomes really easy to practice because there's nothing else to do. Up here, uh, folks get really good at making concentrates because there's not much else to do in the winter but get good at something. So if your hobby is making dabs, you're probably, you really only need a winner or two to get good at it. Right, right. But if you're in Alaska, or if you're in, in Michigan, and you have uh, you have access to all kinds of distractions, maybe you're less excited to practice and master extraction, because you got the distraction. All right. All right, so let's, let's talk a little bit about Terps. And you, you're taking notes. Uh, Dave's mom was was asking about terps. What are there's what over like 37 different type of terpenes. And, and there's probably more than that. I'm just the the so the main ones that uh, kind of show up is like your mycerine, your linalol, your caryophylline, uh, limonene, pinene, alpha pinene, and your humulene. Those are just kind of like your big main ones that'll give you your flavor of your weed. But then also what will change it so that it'll be uh, the effect of whether it makes is more of a sativa or more of an indica is based off of how the profile actually fits out. And that's where I was talking about that cartridge is a little bit different. I just had to go through and pull up the um, terpene profile readout on our last batch of Royal Gorilla. So with this one, just kind of a quick rundown. For 1.86 mycerine, uh, 0.58 uh, caryophylline, 0.5 uh, limonene, and then 0.2 uh, humulene. And uh, if anybody has tried Royal Grill, you kind of understand that it's a really complex flavor that's hard to nail down, that it is one individual thing. It's kind of a spicy, kind of a citrusy, kind of all over the place uh, kind of strain. Uh, ours doesn't have as much pinene as normally that uh, Royal Gorilla does. Our phenotype just doesn't carry it. We're only 0.08. Usually you're up around 0.2. Other cultivators have pointed that out to me that for a Royal or for a GG4, we aren't exactly the profile. But it's not GG4, it's Royal Gorilla by Royal Queens. So what is the, the significance of pine? Like why is that something that I should look for on a flower? Why should I be asking these questions of blood temper? Okay, so uh, mycerine is what penetrates the blood vein barrier. That's what's going to intensify your high. Caryophylline is the... In, Mycerine, uh, mangoes, cloves, uh, wild thyme actually has a lot of that flavor in it as well. Um, so that's uh, mycerine. Some people can uh, explain it as kind of sweet, earthy. 
uh, caryophyllines, more of your peppery, spicy. Uh, like for me, it tastes a lot like black pepper. That cartridge is almost two percent my uh, caryophylline, the Royal Gorilla cartridge. What is the benefit of that? Uh, that one's more for uh, people that are either trying to uh, cut back on appetite or cravings and stuff. If you uh, if you actually talk to Chase, uh, he really liked his uh, frosted cookies when he was quitting drinking. That really helped him a lot with smoking frosted cookies. Frosted cookies has a really high caryophylline level as well. Um, if you're trying to quit smoking, stuff like that, or it's just a fantastic turp just for relaxation. Real quick, if you are thinking about quitting smoking cigarettes, you should get your sweet ass down to 5150 Vapes as soon as possible and see Dave or Seth or Wade or any of these beautiful human beings about getting off of a, getting off of tobacco and, and stuff. Which, by the way, they also sell AKCBD. You should buy that stuff and help uh, help us bring Alaska Red to town. All right, as you were saying, sir. So, <laughs> and then uh, just uh, limonene is more of like your all around. It's and all of these. So the your terps are actually your plant's immune system to protect the flower where the seeds exist from mold, from mildew, from all the other like uh, bacteria or stuff that's going to be attacking it. So like a high, and, and this is just my opinion as a grower, the higher the terpene level that you're able to produce on a strain, the healthier that plant was. Because it's a, and to me, from what I've seen as far as plants that have finished out really healthy, they've always had, seemed to be a higher terpene level. And all of our stuff tests out over 3% terp, which is considered fairly high. So, uh, but the higher the terpene, the higher the health, and then that's also passed on to you for antimicrobial and all that other stuff. Uh, now here's a question for you. If I'm if I'm making if I've got concentrates, if I've got say shatter and I'm trying to uh, to decarb it. Now are those chirps going to be uh, maintained during the decarbing process? Let's say I'm throwing it in the oven for uh, at 250 degrees for 20 minutes. Uh, are those terpenes going to remain? Uh, no, not all your terps will. During a lot of uh, de decarboxylation, you'll actually lose your terps because they do come off at such a lower vapor and temperature pressure. So you'll actually, you won't necessarily destroy, but you'll vent off or change. Um, a lot of the, so just kind of like a little bit of a side note, uh, mycerine that you buy in bulk, you can buy like a gallon of mycerine for $450 off the internet. But it's extracted from pinene that's extracted from turpentine. So they use turpentine and then they uh, undergo pyrosis where they heat it in an oxygen-deprived environment to cause it to change phase into mycerine. So they're changing pinene, which is a turp, into mycerine during chemistry to, in order to make it so that they can have bulk mycerine on hand. But uh, just because it's changing doesn't mean that it's you're losing anything with it. Uh, and that's where, like, the, the cartridge has almost no mycerine in it, but a really high uh, caryophylline. Uh, now, do you have a particular, uh, like, a favorite method of, uh, of ingestion? If you're going to take THC as a, as a medicine, do you prefer to take it as, like, an edible oil or... You know, like a, something to throw in your coffee in a blender or, you know, dab or what. So my, my favorite uh, extract so far that we've come up with is actually doing a subcritical RSO, doing alcohol extraction at super cold temperatures, and then being able to mix that back into a honey and then being able to get the math right so that our dosage is correct. Because then it's like a teaspoon, like a, a 5 to 10 milligram dose that you put into some tea and then drink. A lot of times you can get it to the point where you have a therapeutic effect without a recreational effect, is how I like to put it, where 
you you don't feel your aches and pains as much. You feel relaxed. You aren't as tense, but you aren't stoned. Like you're walking around and you wouldn't ever say that you feel stoned, but at the same time you're just kind of sitting there like, man, my back doesn't hurt as much. I'm not as angsty as I was, and so you're more for the therapeutic level than you are for the recreational. And that's where concentrates, distillates, any sort of way that you're refining that flower, you're taking that step from an herb or an extract or like a, a like a wild hippie medicine to an actual pharmaceutical, in my opinion, that you are concentrating the active ingredients to the point where I would consider it just as effective as anything else on the market. Right. Okay. Now, what other questions did, uh, did you have? The CBD, what is up with that? So, do you feel qualified to talk about CBDs? Yes. Okay. C- well, so CBD is just another cannabinoid. It's the non-psychoactive ingredient in cannabis. There's been a bunch of studies, a bunch of different directions that say that CBD is like the king of anti-inflammatory and this and that. It does have a bunch of great anti-inflammatory properties. But uh, even uh, Rick Simpson of Rick Simpson Oil came out and said that THC is a big part that they work in conjunction with each other. Just the same thing as like, uh, I think... Ryan's on the same page, though, why he's making the turp sauce and everything else. It is, it's the whole flower effect is what makes cannabis such a fantastic medicine, is that the CBD is working with the THC, is working with the terpenes, is working with everything else to be able to increase blood flow, reduce inflammation, and everything all at the same time. Because, like, any sort of uh, vascular constrictor anti-inflammatory is going to have negative side effects because of that. CBD does not. Like, you're, you're talking about increasing blood flow, reducing inflammation without, like, because they're kind of counterintuitive. You increase blood flow, you're going to increase inflammation. Right. Just by the fact that you're pushing more blood to the those parts that are inflamed. But this does both at the same time. So if you use a vascular constrictor, you reduce blood flow, which also reduces inflammation, but it's inflamed because it's trying to fix itself. Right. Because your body's pushing extra blood to that area. CBD is fantastic for that. Is it the cure-all for everything? I think if you were working a job that you get drug tested and you are using insane amounts of ibuprofen, which I think there's a lot of people in this state that are, that ibuprofen is doing damage to your liver every time you take it. That's, that, and I'm not just, that's a fact. It's you are doing damage to your liver every time you take ibuprofen. CBD, there is no liver damage. But in my opinion, it is a far better anti-inflammatory. So my mother heard a friend of her tell her that CBD does not work without having THC with it. It still works without the THC. You increase your effectiveness with it. CBD is not a worthless uh, compound in and of itself. It's just higher effect. <coughs> just like a, a distillate, in my opinion, the, the high is not as enjoyable from a distillate for me as it is from a more mixed turpentine like either the shatter, the terp sauce, or something else where it's more of a broader spectrum. CBD by itself is fantastic. If you can get the gummies, if you can get the isolate and put it into honey, I would really suggest that. But uh, any other? How about mixing them with this like they are selling now? Okay, so right now she's, just so we're clear, um, for those of us listening, she's carrying, uh, she's holding up a a good titrations GG for Dis, that was the distillate cartridge that was in there? Yeah. 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 And it was from two different places, and they have, you know, on the back, but how much one of them have, like, almost half and half, half CBD and half of the THC. So would that work if it, does it actually help that way? 
Yes. So, like, the, my best example for CBD and THC working in concert with each other would be Chase's Frosted Cookies. That strain is, like, 16% THC, 10 to 12% CBD, depending on... What about Starburst? On, they're, yeah, they're, they're, they're in the same boat. So, his Starburst, his Starburst cartridge is, uh, I believe, it's roughly 50-50 THC CBD. Um, now, uh, yeah, there's... There's so many options, but I agree with you in that it's uh, it's sort of a synergistic effect. It's better if you have one and the other. And I think that that most people um, that most people that I, I'm familiar with who are more experienced in the matter will tell me and have told me that it, it's the synergistic effect. It's the uh, it's the THC, it's THCA, it's the CBD, uh, it's these effects. Um, and, and there's uh, shoot, I wish I could remember off the top of my head, but there's a group in uh, it's Columbia. That uh, they are a church that that teaches uh, with with cannabis oil that you can cure all kinds of diseases. There are documented cases. I mean, you kind of go over. Can you kind of gloss over, or not gloss over? Can you kind of dive into like some of the things that Rick Simpson was able to do? Yeah. So Rick Simpson, uh, just kind of like a, a a very very brief rundown. He was diagnosed with uh, colon cancer. Uh, made. Uh, alcohol extract from cannabis on basically a stove. It was basically like really dark tar. He used it as a suppository to treat his cancer in that state. And then in, in the stages that he is in, he's still alive today. As far as I know, I think we did lose Dr. Grinspoon at one point uh, not too long ago. Uh, like uh, uh, Jack Herrera, Dr. Grinspoon, Rick Simpson. These are all people that kind of paved the way in our Cannabis stuff. is legal in a lot of uh, places because of these guys. And I'm not as familiar as Dr. Greenspoon uh, as, uh, as I should be, and I'm certainly not as familiar with um, Jack Herrera as I should be. So let's dive into to Rick, Simmons, Rick Simpson because there's a lot of... Let's, sorry about that. Well, it, but, uh, basically, he, he was kind of one of the first people that really kind of... He had colon cancer and was able to get, get through it. And I'm, I'm not going to just flat out say use cannabis to treat your cancer as opposed to going to the doctor. But do your research because at the end of the day, you're an adult. This is your body. This is your life. These are your choices to make with your health. There is not a doctor on the planet that has a right to tell you what you can or can't put in your body if you have done the research and feel that it's something that you want and need to do. Um, and that's just, that's my belief. I I was a non-consumer for up to three years while I was still growing. I'm just a really, really big believer in the healing ability of this. But as far as treating cancer, I think it's a great help. It treats a lot of the negative side effects that go along with modern-day treatments of cancer. Like, I, So, for instance, chemotherapy, you're, you're going to have reduced appetite. You're going to have increased pain. You're going to have reduced re, uh, cell regeneration. That's part of the treatment well, what's a great appetite enhancer? What's a great pain reliever? What's a great, all of these things. And at the same time, well, like if you start taking, like, so ibuprofen, well, you're already taking uh, a uh, something that's basically destroying your body on a very, on a cellular level. And then you're adding something that's causing liver damage on top of it. And granted, you don't give ibuprofen for a cancer patient, but all of these, these cannabinoids, everything that's sitting in front of me right now, would be a fantastic help for anybody going through that. And if in if you aren't pro cannabis, you probably aren't listening to this podcast. But if you are anti or you're on the fence or you have a loved one going through something, I really suggest that you just at least give it a try because nothing is going to hurt just by giving cannabis a try. 
there's no negative side effect on an attempt. Yo, make sure you're not going to lose your job first. That's that would be my big thing. You you're a fucking grown up though. You figure it out. Um, and and uh, you know, talk to your uh, talk to your doctor. I mean, have a have a, if if this is something that you, you're going to use. If you're a grown up and you're going to use this as medicine, uh, then you should also talk to your trusted medical professionals. Um, and uh, but fucking do your research. Do you, you're 100 percent right, man. It, it comes down to what is what is in your body, and you're making the decision to put it in there. Um, I'm not going to say that like somebody could somebody could smoke a joint and maybe they have some weird react. I've, I've never heard of it. They could have some weird reaction to the lighter fluid, and that's the thing that kills them. And then and that's the guy that fucks it up for everybody. Well, and, uh, that's that was a joke, by the way. If you lost a family member. <laughs> To the weird chemicals and lighter fluid, and uh, you know, when you feel like I went after you specifically. I didn't. It was a joke on the spot, and I'm sorry that your family member died smoking a joint, inhaling lighter fluid. But they were weak. This was another thing about the butane. Yeah, so let's. This is the only one that had butane. Okay, so let's talk about uh, butane content in BHO. Like, wh- what do the numbers mean when you see like points per million? Or so th- this is this is a 0.48 ppm. Um, I, I I'm just kind of throwing the number out. You can correct me if I'm wrong, but I think it's 800 ppm is the maximum allowable by the state. And so uh, if I'm looking at that with that low, there's a good chance that that's actually winterized butane, or or he just has his purge process really down really well. Extraction you, with butane, just kind of a side note, you pass your butane through and then you either put it into a vacuum oven where it's going under negative vacuum pressure and heating it to allow that butane to come out of your, your concentrate to be able to refine it and get your uh, solvent back out. And that's where uh, the state has it so that you don't have as much butane in it. And there is regulations in place to control the amount of butane in your concentrate. What happens if there's too much butane in a concentrate? Well, MSDS on butane, and I'm not saying butane's not good, or butane is good for you, but the the harm on, on it, I don't know why or how I haven't found anything of the 800 ppm that they did set the limit to on, like, their justification for that being the limit on it. But just in, in my opinion, definitely the lower butane, the more pure and clean of a product you're going to have. Okay. That's a really good question. That was a question that I, uh, I was posing a couple weeks ago because I, I didn't have an answer for that either. I, I saw it on the back of a, of a concentrate packaging. I was like, I've never really paid too much uh, too much attention to what this means. But uh, thank you for for kind of going over that. All right, is there? Um, well, it's I don't know. We've been here for about thirty minutes. We're getting there. We're at that time, man. So let's talk about where people can where people can get your flower around the state. Um, so right now we're for sure we're kind of are working out deals. Uh, Tufted Puffin over in Seward, he's going to be keeping our flower on the shelf. Same thing with Pine Street, uh, Red Run. I think they just sold out, but they'll be re-upping here in a short period. We're almost done with all of our Royal Grill that we had. We pulled two crops of it. They both turned out phenomenal for what we thought they for for, for the first crops out the gate. I think we did a really good job um, representing the strain. Uh, uh, we aren't in, or Majestic Gardens, East Rip. Um, if you're up in Anchorage, Alaskan Leaf, uh, Dankridge, I think still has some, uh, Raspberry Roots, Denali, 
Great Northern, I can keep on going. Checkweed Maps is basically your best. Yeah, check out, oh, shout out to, to Raspberry Roots and Canamo. Uh, afford, uh, also affordable, like, good concentrates. She she ran just shy, of, and well, I'm not going to throw numbers. She ran a bunch of our stuff, a bunch of our trim for us. And yep. So she has a bunch of Royal Gorilla trim, and that stuff is just beautiful gold, clear color. So That's it, the valley. Do you have any in the valley? We are in uh, Bad Grammar, Cushtopia. I don't know if we're still on the shelf at Matt Nuska Cannabis Company. Okay. And then uh, Fairbanks. Fairbanks, I, Grass Station, we were planning on doing another trip up to this week, but I think Grass Station's out. So as of this point right now, I think there is none of us in Fairbanks. I'm sorry, Midtoker, if you're up there and you can't get a hold of any Royal Gorilla. But you were really excited about the Jack Rare. Hopefully we can get that into Grass Station up there for you. All right. Tobin, thank you so much. Thank you for – and congratulations on your continued success, man. The first time – shoot, I remember sitting down the first time talking to you and, and – uh, participating in 2016 and keeping cannabis legal. Well, you also helped us put in our power upgrade. Yeah? Remember when we dig in the trench? Oh, shoot. <laughs> yeah, you put me to work. Yeah. You came out wanted to talk. We put a shovel in your hand. Yeah. Yeah, you got some free labor. It's good for you. Good for you. Um, yeah, man, uh, congratulations on, on everything. Um, by the way, if if we are friends on Facebook and, and you saw a picture of myself and Shia LaBeouf a couple years ago, Tobin is Shia. Shia? I... You'd have to ask him. All right. All right. And Dave's mom, thank you so much. You're welcome. Thank you for inviting me. And thank you very much for your time, and have a great rest of your whatever.